Good day, listeners. We present to you our podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. We discuss a variety of topics that are important to the church. Examples include sexual abuse, all types of addictions, religious abuse, and recovery. This platform provides counseling sessions, meaningful question and answer, and a counseling continuum. Our co-hosts include Ms. Lolita, Personnel Director, Mrs. Tennille, our Technical Director. We have an impressive array of program contributors. And I'm your host. My name is Prince, founder of Antioch Youth Center, 5013C program, licensed counselor, now retired. So join in this exciting podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches, and be a part of the healing process. We want to introduce our guest tonight. Her name is Stacy McDonald. She's a school psychologist, motivational speaker, been in ministry for 10 years, training business leaders, ministers, how to handle conflict and stress resolution. She has her own podcast on mental health, but tonight I want to discuss her book. You saw it, The Gospel of Mental Health. And we're just glad to have her here tonight. And again, if you want to contact us tonight for questions or comments, feel free. Again, that number is 1-866-538-3664. All right. So I went through the book. It's it's a good read. It really is. So our questions for our speaker. uh, The peace issue. You said if you're not at peace with yourself, you're not at peace with others. Explain that idea, please. It is impossible. It really is simply scripture. What does Jesus say in Matthew 22? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So the truth of the matter is we simply cannot give what we don't have. I grew up with three other siblings and my mother used to say, you can't get blood out of a turnip. I can't give you anything else. And so whether it's money or whether it's love or whether it's peace, uh, it comes from an inside out job. You cannot give what you don't have. And so it's important that we first gain it before we try to give it. Uh, How do you define a mentally healthy person? Mm. And, and so I want you to start thinking about this person in your own life because we all sure. know at least one. It may only be one, <laughs> but we know at least one. That person who is able to use coping and calming strategies that are able to self-regulate. That person in your life who can have a problem without the problem having them. They can have life happen and they learn how to happen back to life. That person who has good communication skills where not only can they listen, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, and yet they can also <laughs> express themselves in an effective way. Um, so an emotionally and mentally healthy person is simply a person who can self-regulate, a person who can communicate, and a person who has learned how to implement within themselves strategies regarding coping and calm. What are the signs of the person that is mentally unhealthy? The direct opposite. And I said that we know at least one person is mentally healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So as you have that person's face in your mind, then place those people in your mind, it may even be ourselves, who we know simply are a ride in traffic when there's been an accident in front of them and traffic is backed up 
or that person who's in a line in Walmart and they're not moving fast enough or something's happening on the job and they take it all back to the children at home. They're fussing at the dog, fussing at the fish. Poor fish is swimming around wondering why this person talking to me like this. <laughs> that person in your life who simply cannot cope, who cannot self-regulate, who has difficulty communicating. And a person who also lacks gratitude and gratefulness because it's difficult to be mentally healthy and ungrateful. Mm, very good. Jason, you know, I did some studies on young people, whether it's divorce in the home or a church split. And this uh, C. Stevens, she's an RN, CCRN, a CPN. She was saying that when there's a separation in the home or in the family, that the anxiety level is, is, is accentuated. Uh, they're forced to choose sides. Uh, many engage in risky behavior. Uh, some just give up church altogether uh, and others just to stay in worship, just give it up. Have you seen that in your practice? People just stop going to church and just been wounded, things like that. And, and it may not just be church. It's even those students who have difficulty now coming to school or have difficulty simply going out in public and doing the things that they used to enjoy. And so this is why it's so important as much as we express in Sunday school, and I love Sunday school. I grew up in Sunday school, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. I mean, we would jump rope into it. But I tell you one thing that we did not learn. We did not learn coping and calming strategies so that we never did we sit down and practice deep breathing. Never did we sit down and learn some strategies to where um, I am able to self-regulate. And so when I learned these strategies before trouble comes, before the divorce comes, before the church split happens, then I'm able to better handle it. And so I think that many times we wait, unlike our physical health. Uh, with our physical health, we go regularly, we have our physical exams. We go twice a year to the dentist. We make sure if you're a female, you're getting those mammograms the older that you get, right? But for some reason, when it comes to our mental health, we wait until trouble happens before we learn how to deal with the trouble. Only with our mental health do we do this. And so absolutely, you'll see a um, resistance and a withdrawal when it comes to um, mental health because we've not learned those strategies. But if we can do that now, if you're listening right now and you're recognizing, wait a minute, I don't know what I'd do if I was faced with divorce, or if I was faced with betrayal, or I was faced with a church split, or if I was faced with the death of a loved one. I don't know how, baby, learn now. I've heard it often said, you don't wait till trouble comes before you learn Jesus. You also don't wait till trouble comes before you learn how to self-regulate coping and calming strategies. So learn those things now. In the book, you talked about handling offenses. So if you're listening to someone now, listening to you right now, and they've been wounded in the church setting, what should they do? Stacey, what should they do? And of course, it's as wide, the answers are as wide as possible, right? Mm -hmm. But the first thing that we think of when it comes to the offense is the person who did it to us. Mm -hmm. And so as wide as the scenarios are, someone may offend you intentionally or unintentionally. It may be completely innocent and they may completely try to go under the gut. But the first reaction should not be for our own sake what it is. It shouldn't be what she said, what he did, how he said it, how he did it. I didn't deserve that. I didn't like the way they said it to me. The first thing should really be, wait a minute, if I am going to be well, <laughs> if I am going to have peace, if I am going to maintain joy, then I first got to deal with how the Lord promised us offenses will come, right? So if I know they're coming, 
<laughs> I have a promise that it's on its way. Then I've got to make sure I'm doing the inner healing even before I can adjust the offense. So the first thing that we do is check myself, do a self-examination. I find that it's really easy to check other people <laughs> and to uh, put other people in their place. But it's very important that we first check ourselves, check our heart and really recognize, is there something in me that is more offended than what I should be? Am I offended because of the person that said this to me, the color of their skin or their gender, or maybe something happened in my day earlier that really uh, caused me to have this reaction. It wasn't even that big of a deal. So it's important to first look at self when it comes to the offense and then follow accordingly. Any questions from our director? No, not at the moment, sir. No. On page 51 in the book, you say, and I'm quoting, people have more skeletons in their mind than in the closet. Mm. And I read that doing a class and the people re resonated from that. <laughs> so what did you mean when you said they have more skeletons in their mind than in the closet? You can close the door to the closet, I guess, but in the mind is just able to just uh, ferment and, 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 and stir up and, and cause bitter, all types of things. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. We allow things to stay in here for so long that we get past the Lazarus three days of stinking. Mm. <laughs> it stays in here so long that now it's something that almost becomes a part of us, even especially as believers, when it comes to receiving forgiveness. It's, it, it's easier it seems for us as believers to, and this affects our mental health as well. This is why I'm mentioning this. It's really easy for us, I believe, to accept um, forgiveness from Jesus Christ than it is for us to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we, we quote scriptures as far as the East is from the West. And as soon as I ask, I receive it. We, we get all that. But then when it comes to dealing with forgiving ourselves and recognizing this is something that happened, this is something that's staying in me. I still have the memory and the shame that goes along with it. I still have the uh, the, the certain smell of bring it up or a certain color of bring it up or a certain mm -hmm. sound of the song of bring it up. And it comes back to me and I'm ashamed all over again or embarrassed mm -hmm. all over again. Again, or I feel like I'm in that place all over again. And so it becomes a skeleton that you keep hearing rattle. And one of the most frightening things that can happen is you living life and all of a sudden something start rattling. <laughs> and so we're believers and looking like, what's that sound? It's a skeleton in the mind oh, that's wow. rattling around because you've not really forgiven yourself. You've not looked in the mirror and addressed that issue the way that you should have. Wow, friends, again, our time is waning away quite quickly but if you want to call in tonight you can the number is 1-866-538-3664 you've tuned in to wounded hearts wounded churches podcast well the only podcast that deals in these subjects of those who've been wounded and our focus is to help people to heal to be reconciled and forgiven so you're not by yourself tonight this sunday Consider going back to church and starting fresh because men hurt at times, but God loves you. And you know what? Hurt people hurt people. So those who've hurt you have probably been hurt themselves. True. But we can fix this up by tonight learning what we're hearing. And again, we're here for you every Thursday to let you know that you can be healed, that you can be forgiven, reconciled through the power of God in prayer. All right, Stacy, forgiveness, forgiveness. <laughs> it, it, it's it's an easy word to say, but it's harder to implement. What are the problems with forgiveness? I, I think one of the biggest problems in forgiveness is that uh, it requires 
one one thing first and foremost is for us to get pride out of the way. Humility. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, it, it's a it's a it's something that blocks us from fully being able to walk into the forgiveness that God has for us. And yet the Lord says, if you don't forgive, you ain't forgiven. I think we kind of skip over that, even uh, when it comes to removing ourselves from church grounds, because we say we're hurt and we absolutely may be hurting. Uh, And so we remove ourselves rather than forgive. And yet we're still walking in unforgiveness and that you can walk out the church, but unforgiveness will walk with you and you will not prosper walking in unforgiveness. And so it's imperative that we get that pride out of the way, even that deep hurt. I know I cannot be the only one who wasn't necessarily pride. It was, oh, my God, I'm wounded. I'm bleeding. I have to look at this. I have to feel this, uh, whether it's a pain of a family member or the pain of a church member with church or, or whatever that pain may be. It's not necessarily pride. It's, oh my God, you wounded me. One of the most beautiful things for me in realizing that even when it's a wound that's ugly and it it's painful physically, when you think about it, you may become ill. And so think about, we have a high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He can empathize with us because he's been where we are. He was tempted at all points. So he knows what it feels like. And so the Bible lets us know to make sure that we follow, look at the author and the finisher of our faith and make sure that even the way that he, the joy that was set before him and he endured the cross, he endured it for us. He endured that cross. And so there are some things that we go through when we have to realize, wait a minute, I, I may have to endure this for now, but it's not forever. There's a joy that's after this. And so to get past the wound, to get to the joy is imperative. Tracy, so uh, what I'm hearing is that when a person is hurt, there is a tendency to want to just fly away and just go somewhere else. Huh? But that will not heal or help the issue. You can fly away, but maybe it's gonna fly with you. <laughs> you know, with you're me, huh? an eagle, but you know that you on that wing, and so is that unforgiveness, and so it's gonna go right with you. So it's imperative that as believers, we there are times that uh, we hear all, especially now we hear all kinds of stories of that mass exodus from the church. But that the scary thing about that is, is that means that we've not dealt with it. It's unresolved. And anytime you leave something that is uh, that dark or that toxic unresolved, then emotional MRSA sets up. And emotional MRSA can turn into physical symptoms and spiritual symptoms. So your leaving is not making a difference uh, in your health uh, in a positive way. It's making a difference in a negative way. You know, that's pretty serious. Uh, and, and that's far reaching to generations sometime too. Uh, Stacy, when I was a child, eight or nine years old, I was in a church split. You're talking about six plus years ago. You know, people are still hurt over that. They, they left the church and had to call the police and all that. And those wounds, unless they're dealt with, go on and on and on, generationally speaking. Is that true? Have you found that true when you're in your practice? Absolutely. Physical sickness related to the pain and the the unforgiveness that may have been 10 and 15 years ago, literally becoming physically ill, uh, symptoms in the body from high blood pressure uh, to uh, difficulty with sleeping to anxiety because we've not dealt with those issues. This is why our mental health is so important. Fast, we read our Bible, but when is the last time you took a real good look at your mental health? Your mental health will help your spiritual health. 
Reconciliation, reconciliation. What are the hindrances to reconciling? May it be in the home, in the church, in the school. What hindrances block people from reconciling back to where they were prior to the wound? First and foremost, we know that God absolutely loves reconciliation. He loves it so much that he gave his only begotten son for the purpose of reconciling us back to him. Now, what could have been a hindrance to God would be these people crazy. <laughs> they ungrateful. They don't want to love me. They don't want to serve me. I'm giving them all that I can give them. And so one of those things that get in the way of reconciliation is simply our opinions regarding other people. And so when we can put ourselves, and I know it doesn't sound good, but I like the way the Apostle Paul told us to say it uh, in regard to not thinking so highly of ourselves, ourselves. and our mm-hmm. brother before ourselves. And so when it comes to reconciliation, there are sometimes, let's say it like uh, uh, Michelle Obama said it, you you got to when they go low, you go high. So we have to make sure that um, we're, we're allowing ourselves to move back so that the Holy Spirit and reconciliation can have its way. You're talking to someone tonight who's been wounded. They maybe stopped going to church or given up altogether. What is your advice to that wounded person? My advice to the person who has given up is to get back up. Life happens, happen back. I'm going to say that again because the Lord put that in my spirit a couple of days ago. Life happens, happen back. Don't just take it. We wouldn't just take anything else and, and someone mistreating or allowing your, your child to just go through and give up, or allowing your spouse to just go through and give up. So don't you just go through and give up. Get back up. And when I say get back up, that means take take life back. Uh, do, do the things that the enemy is trying to tell you and your emotions and feelings are trying to tell you not to do. Everything that is trying to stop you from going into the full you, baby, do just the opposite. The same thing you would do with depression or anxiety. Make sure that you step into everything that God has for you and don't allow anything, any situation, pursue it all. Don't allow anything or any situation to take you back from the plan of God for your life. Stacey, somebody listening may want to contact you for you the book, other information. What is your contact information? The best way to reach me is my website, uh, www.thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's perhaps easier to remember since uh, that's the name of the book. You can also reach me at mcdonaldministries.org. In addition to that, baby, shoot me an email. I don't mind at all. McDonald at gmail.com. Uh, shoot me an email if you want prayer or whatever, but you'll get all the good stuff. One-stop shop at my website, thegospelofmentalhealth.org. Screeners for emotional health, mental health, balance, um, all kinds of resources when it comes to uh, crisis lines and things of that nature. When is the podcast viewing? When can they check out the podcast? Anytime I'm on Anchor as well as Spotify, the Gospel of Mental Health, um, and there you will find guided relaxation from a Christian perspective based on Scripture. It's very peaceful. It will ground you in the moment. Take about five to ten minutes out of your day just to breathe in and breathe out. Mm-hmm. Any questions from our director? No, not at the moment. No, sir. Well, friends, our time is just about gone again. This is the podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. And again, we know many have been scarred through the past years. I can go back to 1950, but God is able to heal those wounds. 
I'm talking to someone tonight who's been scarred, who's been wounded, and God is able to heal those wounds. We're there for you to let you know you can be forgiven. You can be reconciled in that healing process. So consider this Sunday going back to church and just going and sitting down. Because again, men do hurt men, but God can heal those hurts. We've all been hurt in some area, but God's a healer. He's a helper. So again, our, our author tonight, Lisa McDonald, with this wonderful book, she has her information. Daisy, thank you so much yes. to our director. Any closing thoughts? Daisy, any closing thoughts for me tonight? I just pray that you do exactly what was just mentioned. Give yourself another chance. Give the people of God another chance. And uh, give God another chance. Get back into his house this time. Stacy, can people, can a person be healed spiritually? Can, is healing available? As long as there is God, and there will always be God, then there will always be healing that is available. Absolutely. But it how is. about but how about if it's if it if it's past the epidermis and down to the heart? Can people still be healed? I am a living witness. If I could tell my testimony, baby, if you had time. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a living witness that is deep and as dark and as painful as that pain may be. However long that it's been there, however long that you've hidden it, uh, it will absolutely and can be healed by the grace of God. And yes, sometimes by talking things out with a counselor, with a therapist, with a loved one, walking through that thing. You can't ignore it and expect it to be healed. You never had a wound that you just ignored and it just all of a sudden was healed. And so the same thing with emotional, spiritual, and mental pain. You've got to address it. You want breakthrough. Breakthrough requires touch. You got to touch it to break through it. And so simply uh, ignoring it isn't going to do it. You can be healed. You got to address it. With that, last word. Thank you so much to our staff, to our speaker tonight. May the Lord bless you. Have a good day. Amen.